Welcome back to Core Conversations, a Core Logic podcast. I am your host, May Claire Bolton Smith, and I'm the Senior Leader of Research and Content Strategy with Core Logic. In this podcast, we'll have conversations with industry experts about key topics from housing affordability to the impact of natural disasters on property. There's many steps to buying a house, from walking in for the first time to closing and calling it yours. For most people, Part of that process involves securing a mortgage, and in doing so, embarking on the appraisal process to determine the home's value. This helps lenders ensure what the prospective homeowner is borrowing is roughly equivalent to the value of what's being purchased, thus creating suitable collateral. This is the turning point that determines whether that dream house can become your dream home. But it's a complicated and nuanced process, and in today's more digital world, it's constantly changing. So today, we welcome CoreLogic's chief appraiser, Sean Telford, who will dive into this process and update us on the status quo of appraisals today. Sean, welcome to Core Conversations. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Great. So to get us started today, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and your role here at CoreLogic? Yeah, always happy to talk about myself, something uh, that's easy for me to do. So I started appraising in about 1993. Uh, Since that time, I've worked as an independent appraiser. I've worked at a bank as a reviewer and staff appraiser. I've worked with an AMC and I've worked as a technology uh, at a technology company that provides uh, technology to the nation's leading um, lenders and uh, AMCs and so forth. And, you know, it was when I, you know, to talk about a little bit about where I do and what why I do it here at uh, CoreLogic, back in the early 90s, I recognized that technology was going to be a big impact. So I went back to school and I got a master's degree in technology in computer information systems because I wanted to be a part of shaping the future. And so that led me to being part of FNC, which was acquired by CoreLogic about uh, four years ago and gave me the opportunity to lead product management and have lots of opportunities there. And so uh, now with CoreLogic in this role of chief appraiser, I have a chance to uh, work with the business leaders that are shaping and changing the future. I have a chance to work with our clients who are users of appraisal services, and I have a chance to help be out in the industry and shape the future and shape uh, the opportunities for our clients and for ourselves. So it's, a, it's an exciting opportunity to be part of uh, CoreLogic. That's so great. And you did refer to AMCs. Um, many of our listeners might not know what that is. Can you give us a definition of that? Sure. AMC is an appraisal management company. Gotcha. Perfect. So in the, in the recent past, uh, many lenders work directly with appraisers and many lenders utilize the services of an appraisal management company to help simplify and streamline the appraisal process. That's so great. So with your background, uh, you are definitely the expert that we want to be talking about today as we dive into this subject. So I know that the appraisal is the critical part of obtaining a mortgage. We talked about that right off the top. But why is that? Why is valuation so important? If you think about what a lender is trying to do, they're trying to understand risk, right? You're asking them for money, And they want to say, great, uh, we want to loan you money because that's how we make money. But we need to understand the risk associated with that. So traditionally, there's the three C's, credit, capacity and collateral. When you have an understanding of all three, you have a good uh, ability to assess the risk. They use the analogy of a three legged stool. 
where mm -hmm. if you have all three, you're, st you're stable. If you remove one, you have risk. And so valuation is a very important part of how a lender measures the risk on the collateral component of that equation. So where collateral is marketable, valuable, and easy to sell, a lender is their risk is lower. If you have a unusual piece of collateral that maybe isn't marketable or is hard to sell, you obviously uh, have risk. And so you may price the loan differently. You may charge more uh, as an interest rate because there's more uh, at stake for you as a lender. So it's all about risk management. And so valuation has been a key component of that since the dawn of time uh, when you know, but uh, more recently, it's become very important as we've endured some different housing crises, you know, in the in the 80s and 90s. And then recently in 2007, 2008, the, the importance of valuation was cemented uh, as something we need to be certain of. So that's that's one of the, you know, that kind of a high level overview of why valuation matters so much in the lending equation. Yeah, I, I like that. Credit, capacity, and collateral. Um, I think that one thing we're learning on every episode of this podcast is everything's all about risk management and, and really understanding how to proceed. Um, so my personal experience with appraisal is when we bought and then refinanced our home. I remember an appraiser physically came into our home, and I'm sure others have this same familiarity. But now, because of the current situations with the COVID-19 pandemic and so many things have moved to a virtual world, what's happening with appraisals? Are, are they moving virtual or how is it working? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question to answer and to talk about. So the answer is, of course, a little um, yes and no. So mm -hmm. yes, it, and you think about appraising, take a step back real quick before I answer your question. Appraising has always been about the analysis and the understanding of what is this piece of collateral, uh, in our case, most of the time, a home worth. And appraising doesn't necessarily require that inspection that's become synonymous and typical uh, in our world. Um, appraising is separate from inspecting. So those are two distinct things out there. So the answer is yes. An appraiser, uh, the the appraisal process has become more virtual and more reliant on data and processes recently, and the uh, you know obviously we've we've had this pandemic that's affected the ability to go into people's homes, the willingness of people to let you in their homes, the sure, risk for the appraisers as individual people to go in their homes, and so they've had to adapt. And so the good news is has been the pro the the guidelines for appraisers have always allowed the appraiser to work without necessarily needing to go in the home. And so we've seen um, uh, the GSEs change their policies to allow the appraiser to not inspect. In our current world, the inspection is a policy of Fannie and Freddie and, and others. But for the most part, that's why there's an inspection. And so the GSEs have flexed, uh, created flexibilities that have allowed the appraisers to not inspect. And so appraisers have been able to uh, utilize lots of new tools. And we can talk a little bit about those, of course. But they've been able to find ways and processes that allow them to do their job without needing to go into the home uh, and to use the, the wonderful stores of data and information that are out there on the Internet um, you know, uh, 
of course, CoreLogic provides data. There's many other sources as well. But appraisers have been able to do uh, a wonderful job of using all of that to continue this making the appraisal process work so that we can have this record volume and all of the good things that are uh, have been happening over the last uh, you know nine months or so, so at the time we're recording this. Right. Yeah. So uh, maybe a little bit more familiar for some of our listeners, but let's also define GSEs. Can you just? Sure. Uh, government sponsored enterprises. So Perfect. typically we're we're referring to Fannie and Freddie in that, but there are others that fit under that GSO okay. umbrella. That's great. Thank you. So are there, are there other changes affecting appraisals as well, too? Is it all just about being virtual or are there, are there others? Uh, you know, the I think that, you know, the pandemic, COVID has created a really unique opportunity, uh, a catalyst, as we say, to be able to um, experiment, to be able to look and uh, try new and different things. And so if you look at the mortgage industry, man, many of the components like credit, like um, verification of assets and, and deposits and things of that nature, they've become very much real time. And so there's pressure in the appraisal world to also make that a, a quicker, simpler process. And so we see a lot of demand in the marketplace uh, for products and services that appraisers could provide that will speed that process up. We've also seen uh, over the last couple of years, Fannie and Freddie uh, leading a charge to modernize the appraisal process as a whole which means new forms that the appraisers will fill out. And this is to uh, uh, presumably to provide additional data and more information. And so appraisers are, are starting to, to look at that. And then also Fannie and Freddie are leading uh, charge in many ways to create what's called a, a hybrid appraisal product where maybe one individual would go and inspect the home and gather data and observations and provide that to the appraiser who would then use that data along with all the the data that's available publicly to form their opinion of value from their desk so to speak so th those are some changes that are kind of being pushed forward and uh appraisers are, are and lenders are experimenting with that and you know specifically one that uh, has really gained a lot of traction is the notion of having the borrower provide data. So the borrower would inspect uh, using a, an application, an app such as the Mode Property Assist app, they would be able to ha have the borrower gather photos and information and video and send wow. that directly to the appraiser in kind of a seamless, secure, packaged effort that makes it easy for the appraiser to to then do their analysis. So yeah, there's a lot of things happening for sure. Much of it's driven by COVID. Yeah, that, that's really great. And that's really interesting. And I, I guess it poses a few questions in my head is one, if things are faster, um, speed and, and also if we are having homeowners send in information themselves, are we worried that things may be slightly less accurate than they normally would have been with the typical appraisal procedures yeah. or are there concerns about that? That's a really good uh, observation. So yes, I mean, one of the reason, one of the key components of the appraisal process is that the appraiser is objective, that they see things without any bias. And th that, um, when you get data from an interested party, 
like a borrower or a real estate agent or somebody like that, then yeah, the, the, the potential for bias to enter the equation is there. And so in COVID, we're, we're making special exceptions, so to speak, uh, acknowledging that there, this is happening and everybody understands that. And it's up to the appraiser to make a judgment call of based on, you know, public record information, satellite imagery, Google street view, whatever the, the tool might be. Can I validate that what the homeowner is telling me seems reasonable? And if it is, then I can rely on it. And as long as everybody understands that we're relying on it, uh, in right. that manner, we're good. So that's, and that's a typically an appraiser is not allowed to do that under the Fannie and Freddie policy. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a unique opportunity. It's an experiment. We'll certainly learn how that works as we look at the data on the loans that have been originated over the last uh, little bit. Uh, we'll learn a lot about that. But interestingly, the flexibilities that allow an appraiser to take advantage of that have not been utilized as much as you might think. The oh. appraisers, the vast majority of appraisers have still been able to inspect the home to collect the data in the more traditional manner. Even if there was a flexibility offered, they're still been able to you know, go out there, work with the occupants of the home to, uh, in a safe manner, inspect the home, collect the data and so forth. So that's been interesting. We saw a peak of those flexibilities utilized in May, and then it's been trailing off since then. So it's interesting appraisers have adapted. Yeah, well, I think that's how everyone has adapted in this this new normal of this world that we're currently living in. And I think one thing that we've seen throughout the pandemic, too, is people have been forced to do things differently. And we've really seen a lot of new innovation come up. So if we kind of shift and talk a little bit about innovation for a second, um, I'm sure appraisals and appraisers are, are seeing different innovations as well. Can you talk a little bit about our, what are the innovations coming for both appraisals and appraisers? Yeah. And you're you're spot on in that this, as I've kind of already mentioned, the the pandemic COVID has created an opportunity to experiment and try things. So there's been talk in the appraisal industry for years about using some of these tools and processes that would um, um, separate the data collection and inspection from the appraisal and the analysis. So it's kind of exciting to see what comes of this. Uh, uh, we're very interested in that, but, you know, specifically, uh, the ability for someone besides the appraiser to collect data about the property, that's a unique thing. The, the, the tools like the property assist product that allow an appraiser to seamlessly have a real estate agent, a borrower, a third party, whatever, collect data and send it to them. That's very interesting. So we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, there, there were many vendors that came to market real quickly uh, with that product. And we saw a lot of utilization of that, but you know, not as much as we might've thought because mm -hmm. appraisers adapted. So that's yeah. something we're definitely seeing a lot of, you know, we're, we're, we're still seeing, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago as well, the notion of creating a hybrid appraisal process where the appraiser can work more from their desk or office doing an analysis and then other parties will go out and collect the data 
and make the observations uh, in many ways, as well as creating or, or using and experimenting with new appraisal products that are uh, purely from the desk. In other words, the lender understands enough about the risk of the collateral and the loan that they're comfortable with just using the data available in the public record for the appraiser to form their opinion of value. So we, we've definitely seen innovation uh, there. Mm -hmm. we, we see lots of companies that are focused on uh, removing um, steps in the process that are manual. So automating the filling of forms, things that you may not think of as sexy or exciting, but those are, those are very much important in the efficiency process. You know, we, we hear mm -hmm. all the time about um, how do we shorten the turn time? Well, sometimes it can just be eliminating all the rekeying of data. So uh, populating the appraisal forms with accurate data is important. And then you start to get into the more exciting stuff, which is things like, can we use drones? You know, if mm -hmm. I need to know the current condition of a property, can I have a drone flyover that collects video and imagery data on a certain date so that I know the property's there and you know, that's, uh, we're definitely seeing that uh, more in agricultural type scenarios and appraising, but the residential world and the mortgage world, I, I think we'll start to see much more of that um, come to light in the next few years. Yeah, and I just, I love that topic of innovation. And, and I think it's one we'll dive into a little bit deeper as this podcast continues as well. And, and, and actually, in, in the last episode, episode six of this podcast, we talk specifically about how COVID has been a catalyst for change across the property industry. And I think you really highlighted some of those things in, in this with appraisal specifically. And one thing that you mentioned was automation. And I think a lot of times when people think of automation, they think, uh oh, my job's at risk because I'm going to be uh, filled in by something automatic. So is automation and threatening the viability of the appraisal profession? Or if you if you look into your crystal ball, what does the future hold? I, I wish I had a crystal ball that told me the future. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be exciting. It's th their automation. There's a lot of different ways you can look at this. I, I think is appraising going to be the same today uh, in 10 years? No, for mm -hmm. sure not. Are, are parts of how appraisal work uh, happens going to stay the same? Of course. The, the fundamentals I talked about, the, the collateral, the credit, the capacity, that's not going to change. How a lender understands the collateral risk will change. So we, we've seen a lot of that. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen the um, Fannie and Freddie. One of the things that kind of triggers those thoughts is um, from people that may be coming into the industry or in the industry is they worry about AVMs, automated valuation models, or um, other similar products, just, just eliminating um, the need for an appraisal. Well, we've, we've during this pandemic, we've seen that lenders are utilizing appraisal waivers that are offered by mm. Fannie and Freddie more frequently than they may have in the past. And okay. the, the waiver is basically the Fannie and Freddie saying, I'm comfortable the, with the risk on this collateral. I don't need an appraisal or an inspection. Now, you, there's mm. clearly two different points of view on that. I mean, appraisers are 
far less supportive and comfortable with that. Lenders in, uh, in many cases are very supportive of that and comfortable with that because it makes their, their process easier and quicker and, and so on and so forth. So, and, and we could debate that, uh, you know, for, for days, but in the end, th that's one of the innovations that's out there. So is that going to, to, to change appraising? Absolutely. Is appraising a viable profession for the future? Absolutely. It, there's a need for appraisers. It's going to be different uh, and it's going to change. I, I like to use an analogy. Um, to, I love analogies because they help my simple brain understand things. You're not alone. <laughs> if we think about um, self-driving cars, I mean, who doesn't like the idea of a self-driving car? It sounds fabulous. We know that billions of dollars have probably been invested in trying to create a self-driving car. Are we there? Close. We're getting closer. We're making progress. But I think if I said, hey, you could go get in this self-driving car today and go from here to Los Angeles, most people would be uncomfortable with that. There's just sure. too many things that they don't trust that, that are there. And so going from driving yourself to not driving at all is scary. But when we think about some of the features that are on cars today that are actually working, things like things that turn your headlights on automatically, things like lane departure warnings, auto corrections, things like radar cruise control, backup cameras, sensors, things that stop your car if you're going to hit something. Uh, we're very comfortable with those because the driver is still in the driver's seat, still in control and still has their hands on the wheel. So I yeah. see the innovation, the best innovation we can do now are things that keep the appraiser's hands on the wheel. So things like desktops, things like drive-bys, things like automated tools that make it easier for the appraiser to do the analysis. That's where I think there's, there's real opportunities for innovation today that don't necessarily go from something to nothing. So uh, we're very supportive of those. And we see a lot of that out in the marketplace with, with these new tools and opportunities. So I think appraising is still a strong profession and will be for the foreseeable future, but things will be different and appraisers will continue to need to adapt. Sure. And, and very much like almost every profession in this world, that's really just adapting and, and potentially just a little quicker now because of being forced to because of the pandemic. So if we, if we finish off today, if we look at from the perspective of new entrants into that perfect per appraisal profession that we know will continue, what needs to change? Today, we have a, a lot of consternation about whether the profession is losing folks, if there's new entrants into the profession or if if uh, the profession is aging, you know, there's, unfortunately, there's not a lot of good statistics. There's a lot of anecdotal information, but people are worried that there's not enough new people coming into the profession to meet the demand. And that fuels some of the speculation of we need automation and tools because we're just not going to have appraisers in the profession. Things, a couple of things that have been adjusted to help the new entrants to the profession is the appraiser qualifications board, they, the AQB, they set the uh, uh, minimum criteria for 
entrance to the profession. And they've made some changes recently. Specifically, they've right-sized the experience and education requirements. And then most recently, they've created a path where a new entrant could get their experience from technology-based approaches rather than the traditional um, uh, trainee who works with a single supervisor. So, so that's something that's that's new. We need the industry to adapt that. Uh, excuse me, adopt that, and right. we will. That will take time because it's got to work its way through the regulatory process. But certainly, um, that's uh, where we need a lot of investment. We we also see that. Uh, I think because of some of the risk over the years, many lenders have policies that make it hard for a trainee or a new appraiser to, to do business. Many require that the trainee's supervisor inspect the property. And that makes it economically hard to bring a trainee on because they the amount of work they can do uh, is limited. So we need lenders to step back and look at their policies and procedures and make sure there aren't um, limitations that make it hard for trainees to enter uh, the profession and do work for them. And so there, there's things like that that are kind of more simple, but but in the end, we, we just need to have uh, investment, continued investment in the future. We've seen the number of appraisers, if you look at what's called the uh, ASC, Appraisal Subcommittee Registry, We've seen the total number of appraisers dropping, but we've seen it level off in the last five years or so. So, you know, have we reached equilibrium where the supply and the demand are where they need to be? You know, I don't know. I'm not an expert in that kind of stuff, but it sure seems like it's kind of leveled off. And we've also seen the number of people taking the national exam, which is a proxy for people entering the profession. We've seen that almost double in the last five years. So we do see oh, people coming into the profession and wanting to be there. And I was heartened by a, a anecdotal survey we ran on appraisal port recently, which said how uh, to appraisers, it was, how do you plan to grow your business in 2021? And 20% of them answered by bringing on a trainee. So that was very good that there's demand for, um, new to, to support the entry of new appraisers to the profession. So, you know, lots of opportunities, you know, we need investment and attention from the lenders and, you know, together, we're all in this together. We can, we can work through this and, and have success. Wow. That that's great. So really like amidst all the change and everything going on in the world and in this profession, it's still a lot of stability um, for those for the future and for new people entering the profession. So I, I really like that. And, and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today. Sean, this has been so good. Thank you for being here on Core Conversations, a Core Logic podcast. It's been so great to have this conversation with you today. My pleasure. Appreciate the conversation. Well, thank you for listening. And please remember to leave us a review and let us know your thoughts. And subscribe wherever you get your podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. And thanks to the team for helping bring this podcast to life. Producer Rhea Tarakia, editor and sound engineer Romia Roman, and social media guru Mike Wojcik. Tune in next time for another core conversation. Mm-hmm.